If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast and this week we're talking about NFTs, a topic which has come up repeatedly over the last few months but which today has been the case uh, for two very specific companies doing very different things. Joining me to talk about all of that, it's a very warm newscast welcome to Liv who joins us this summer as our work experience reporter um, and joining the newscast team today. Uh, and our regular faces, Eurogamer news reporters, Ed Nightingale. Hello. And Victoria Kennedy. Hello. And yeah, NFTs. Well, they've been a topic that's been <laughs> big <laughs> thumbs down. Livia was I saying earlier, say something else that wasn't family friendly. So. <laughs> You, just before we came on air, at Liv, you were talking about uh, Captain Sterling's um, definition of NFTs, which is... My favourite. My personal favourite, which is nasty fucking things. I was going to say no fucking thanks, but now now we've dropped the F-bomb, I can say it. <laughs> going to have to put a little explicit tag on this episode, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, but not everyone... Not everyone uh, disagrees with us. I think, yeah, we're all universal in the fact that we don't like them and their planet-burning crypto technology. But uh, Minecraft today has come out and said that actually they agree and they don't want NFTs in or adjacent to Minecraft or anything to do with sort of the mod scene and the huge creative community that that's brought up. The other angle to that is today we've had the announcement of Final Fantasy um, NFTs. It's Final Fantasy VII specifically, isn't that right, Ed? It is, uh, yes. You, you it's for the, the 25th anniversary of the game. Yes. Um, maybe let's get to Minecraft in a second, um, because I think like that's maybe the less juicy uh, <laughs> part of all of this. Although it, it is interesting why they're coming out and saying all this stuff now. Um, let's talk about the Final Fantasy NFTs. What are we getting? And if 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 I'm a NFT fan, if I uh, you know follow Elon Musk on Twitter, what am I what am I looking forward to with these uh, cloud NFTs? I mean, well, the response really is nothing. Um, but uh, the the official line um, is you buy um, essentially that I. They are releasing a physical store of anniversary products, which are physical cards and a physical action figurine. Um, and alongside that, that gives you access to buy digital versions of those products, which are NFTs, um, whatever the hell they are. So um, it's I think it's literally just a picture of the figurine you've already bought, if, if, if you really want to do that, uh, and it will <laughs> appear on the blockchain. So, you know, Square Enix have been threatening since the start of the year to get into NFTs. Um, the president has been, well, in his new year address was talking about it. Um, he did at least 
say that it's too early yet for Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest blockchain games. Um, but he seems very interested, probably for the investors, to uh, to get into this into this area. So they've partnered with a company called or an ecosystem called Engine, spelt E N J I N. Um, and yeah, there's this um, there's this product that's already up for pre-order on the Square Enix store. Um, it is a figurine of Cloud Strife, who is the lead from Final Fantasy VII, um, and it costs one hundred and fifty nine ninety nine dollars. Um, and then alongside that, you get a ticket that you can redeem for a digital version, which you can enjoy on PC or smartphone, or you can just enjoy the picture on the internet that's already there. Um, there's also a very lengthy, like a, like a JPEG, or is it like a, a like a three D model that you can spin around and play with? I am know. not sure. I'm not sure. It doesn't. It's just a digital version, whatever that might mean. Um, there is quite a lengthy caution before purchasing section where they go through a lot of sort of warnings and restrictions about when you can redeem this code. There's quite a strict timeline. And if you're outside of that, you miss your opportunity. Um, there's also a very explicit warning that says in case the engine services become unavailable in the future, you may lose access to the NFT digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure. So should engine and NFTs collapse, you basically lose what you have bought. And Square Enix can't so, do anything about that. With this NFT, is there just one of them and there's a window where you get the chance to like bid on that one? Or is it like anyone can get any number of them? I, I think there might be a limited number of them, but it's not just one, I think. That's um, kind of so you wouldn't whole, have a unique, not, unique unit if you did. That's kind of the whole NFT model, isn't it? Like digital scarcity, even though it's a load of a load Pixels. of apes wearing slightly different hats. I'm disappointed. What if it's just an? What if it's just like a board ape with like spiky hair? Well, well I, I'm disappointed that, that it's not like yeah, exactly. God, cloud with different hats. You know, one of them's wearing a one of them's got a cigar and he's wearing different cigar. different yeah. types of shades. Yeah, I was going to say, I like that you've added in the picture and you've said in your article where you've written about the entities, or you could just look at it below. This is it. I mean, that's all <laughs> right click does, and save just... if you so wish. <laughs> exactly. Just... Right, right click it, off you go. I mean, I, I find the whole thing ironic that it is Final Fantasy VII, which is a game with very ecological themes about a mega cor corporation that is sucking energy from the planet and destroying it. And here we have, you know, NFTs being sold. Um, this this company um, have literally said that it's a destination for eco-conscious blockchain users. It provides environmentally friendly solutions for building decentralized gaming products and that it is committed to carbon neutral NFTs by 2030. Mm. So they might not be now, but they might be in a few years time. Um, I think that the, means just they the whole now, thing though. is is completely ironic. Yeah, and but you know, by its very nature, it's not ecologically good. <laughs> Yeah, and by <laughs> it is, I I very much hope that NFTs are just like, isn't that that silly thing that people were talking about in 2022 before they really realised that the world was burning? Even though we've just had the hottest day ever recorded here in the UK, uh, let's just mine some more Bitcoin 
and use it to buy NFTs. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it was interesting just... to see the timing last night, obviously. Go on. No, just at the very least, as, as okay. uh, you know, they said it's not actual blockchain games at this point. It is just an extra. So is this something just to keep investors happy, but it's not going to impact the games themselves, which I'm not happy with, but like at least is one very minor positive to it, that it is a very small thing that is sort of on the side somewhere for people that might want that. It's not infiltrating the games. And hopefully if there's a backlash to this or it flops, they might be like, okay, that was an experiment. It didn't work. Let's back off now. So let's hope that that yeah, might I kind be the case. I hope it crashes and burns. But here's the thing. This is what I was just going to say. It feels like the timing of this comes a long time after other companies did their own experiments. And I just don't understand why Square Enix hasn't looked at, you know, Ubisoft, huge amount of negative feedback to its push for NFTs last year for uh, Tom Clancy. Like, uh, Quartz. Thing. Yeah, Quartz was the name of its blockchain NFT storefront system. And they've gone very quiet on it now. Um, no one said anything for some time on that. And um, there were there were a few others. Uh, I believe Konami did some stuff and, and that sort of dried up. And it feels like the momentum behind NFTs is, is rapidly diminishing and cryptocurrencies are failing. Um, yeah, we've had some very high profile, like, you know, obviously Troy Baker had his big, like, don't hate, create thing uh, earlier in the year. And, you know, he quite quickly back down with his tail between well maybe his tail wasn't quite between his legs it's Troy, Troy Baker but like you know he I don't stopped know that. where Troy Baker's tail is <laughs> but you know there have been some very high profile people of saying yay and then being like oh nay so yeah it feels like it's pretty clear which way the wind is blowing um it's a very warm wind um heated up by global warming and everyone thinks it stinks but Square Enix clearly thought now was a good time to to do this, and the feedback has been, I would say, pretty negative. Pretty negative everywhere I've seen. Yeah, I mean, whether that be the comments on our own article or or on socials, no one seems to be happy with this, and I think a lot of that also comes from this being Square Enix. It's such a massive company, such a beloved game series, such a popular game, and so to put NFTs alongside that is just going to bring so much negativity to them. At least they'll give them something else to say hasn't performed well for them. <laughs> it was below expectations. Zing. It was below expectations, yes. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, accidental timing, I think, but Minecraft's NFT statement last night, or rather Mojang, Minecraft's developer's uh, statement last night, is a huge contrast. Um, and it's interesting, I think, Reading what they said, uh, it's been prompted by the fact that people are already, because Minecraft is just this massive creation tool, kind of trying to push um, what they can get away with uh, and align NFTs with bits of Minecraft or, you know, give away skins that they've created um, as NFTs. And it feels like Minecraft statement was a bit overdue, but they've they've drawn a line in the sand and it's a very clear no. Um, and I like the reasons that they've said it. They say that NFTs just in general create models of scarcity and exclusion that conflict with our guidelines and the spirit of Minecraft. Um, they also make the point that, you know, all of these systems 
uh, as you were saying, Ed, can fail and people are then just left with nothing. Um, and they say that, uh, you know, that was all a bit of speculative pricing and, and investment, which essentially is gambling. Uh, it takes the focus away from playing games and encourages profiteering. So they're pretty clear in what they're saying, Mojang. They, they do not want this in their game. They are aware that some people are sort of trying to do this. Um, and, you know, to be fair, the Minecraft sort of marketplace is a bit of a mess. There's a lot of stuff in there. And you know, with the Java edition of the game, especially, and modding so huge there, people can sort of do what they want with it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that they're saying this. I would also say that, you know, there are definitely some um, Minecraft editions made by the community out there already that probably aren't the best examples of um, exclusion when they're like charging access to servers and, uh, you know, all of this is aimed at kids. But the line in the sand is NFTs and I'm very glad to see that Mojang has, has drawn it. Um, they don't reference climate at all, um, which I thought was interesting and that whole side of things. And I wondered if, um, you know, that sort of, that might draw in a, a, a sort of strand of the discussion that they just don't want to get um, bogged down in because there are people that will come out and say, oh, you know, our service is actually carbon neutral already. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's better to just say NFTs are not great for, for reasons above. And, yeah, uh, the statement is very community focused rather than corporation focused. Yeah, I would love to see more companies come out and, and do similar. I think that's I really I like I mean, I, I know you've said after you, Ed. Um, I think it's the thing with Minecraft is that there is such a big community aspect to it. Um, and and a lot of that community is young people and children who, who play this game. Um, a lot of mods and things have been used for educational purposes. So I think there's probably a sense of not wanting children to be um or to be exposed to to nfts and blockchain stuff and wanting to protect that community vibe mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure it's a good point and uh it's nice that they're seemingly like very much aware of that and uh the response to this by contrast i that i've seen has been extremely positive and uh we've seen a lot of companies just sitting on their hands a lot of companies don't seemingly want to completely uh, shut down the idea that they're ever going to do NFTs just in case, you know, this technology evolves further and there is some very practical use of it that doesn't burn down the planet or that isn't profiteering. But to me, it just seems like, you know, you're just, you're just, you know, leaving the door open a crack because uh, you think that there's some potential way to make money from this down the line and you don't want to uh, completely upset your investors who have heard these buzzwords and you know and then asking you in your shareholder meetings oh what's this nft thing are you gonna make some money from that and they're like well not at the moment but we're, we're, we're listening um yeah uh i'm just trying to think of any others that we're sort of expecting to see pop up in the future but um it seems like square Enix is sort of out on it on its own right now in terms of what um the sort of the, the proposition that it's put together for this um I'm trying to think of any nightmare scenarios from other companies. Nintendo have been very quiet on it. Microsoft and Sony, very quiet on it. 
Um, Who was it that um, claimed that we just didn't get it? Was that Ubisoft? Yes. Yeah, that was Ubisoft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was from some people at Ubisoft who were specifically employed to push NFTs, so they would mm. say that. So if that's your job, yeah. Yeah. I think, as you yeah. say, though, a lot of companies are sort of just leaving that door slightly ajar, just in case it were to kick off, uh, you know, they can they can jump on it. But it, it does feel like, in general, there was lots of chatter and it's immediately gone quiet because of the negative reaction. So I think it will be interesting to see how this... Square Enix one goes down, and I think it will be interesting to see what other companies react to that now. If they see, okay, that bombed, absolutely not, or if they start jumping on it as well. Hmm. Well, this is why I'm surprised that Square Enix are doing it now because I think you know, just read the room and see how other um, other launches have gone down. Although saying that Konami did make some money, I think it was in the six figures. Uh, with it so you know how much is this gonna affect your brand loyalty overall I mean you can make the argument that some people on the internet like will get upset and um, you know hardcore gamers will uh, get upset but Final Fantasy as a brand will probably survive this I was gonna say do you think they've chosen Final Fantasy on purpose like that's what they're gonna sort of test the water with because they know they have such a huge fan base it is more likely to kind of strike a chord with someone yeah I mean maybe it makes sense to go with your biggest brand I suppose because that's where you'll probably get the most money but then that's also the biggest risk because it has such a big fan base that they might all suddenly reject it which is quite possibly what will happen so you know, do you want to test the waters with us with a smaller brand that, that Square Enix has? But if they're going to do anything, it makes sense to have it as Final Fantasy. They're currently celebrating the 25th anniversary of their most popular game. It kind of, I guess, from a business point of view of investors, makes sense to do an NFT thing of that if you're going to do it at all. I do enjoy your air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> to be Liv, clear. are you a Final Fantasy fan? Do you? Do you play Final Fantasy games? I am vaguely a Final Fantasy fan. I've played 10, I've played 13, I've played a bit of Crisis Core. Are you... An odd odd selection. Hmm. (laughs) Did you play 10 too with the banging opening track? No, I did not because I never managed to finish 10. (laughs) The world of real emotion is surrounding me. It was great. That was great. I Thank you. Um, Yuna, move over. It's my time. Do you have your eyes on 16, Liv? Are you interested in anything coming up? Not not particularly. I didn't really I didn't really jump into the hype around 15. And I've I've been looking at the news and seeing, you know, the the news around 16. And I guess I'm just I'm interested in it just to see what they decide to do next take the series forwards um but i'm not i'm not really jumping for joy at the thought of yes i'm gonna go and get it on release and play it Hmm. just me then seems the one which is more medieval isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. i guess the reason i ask is um if you were really pumped for 16 um which would the fact that they're doing nfts now would that put you off live or or you know at the end of the day it's it's a game and 
companies have questionable business practices and uh, you still want to play the game. Would it put you off? See, I think I think it's a, it's a tough decision because I don't think that, well, from a personal point of view, I would. I would, I would get put off. I would sort of want to retract my support for what they're doing because I don't agree with NFTs in any way. But it's 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 difficult because you know even even a lot of people sort of putting putting up a resistance to this and saying to Square Enix, you know, we don't we we won't support you if you go forwards with this. Is it really gonna change a lot of their strategy? Probably mm-hmm. not. Like, you know, we've already said like they probably they must have seen lots of the other companies going for NFTs and it's completely gone badly for them but they've still decided to to go forwards with this and from my point of view they don't really care mm. like may, maybe they'll see a lot of the backlash and be and notice it and say yeah you know people people haven't liked it but there's still probably going to be a select number of people who who buy into it and actually you know do get these nfts into that for them that profit is probably worth it you know mm. See, it's a tricky one. I can't imagine. So if I think of a franchise that I love, if they went to NFTs, I'd still love the franchise because I love the stories and the games, but I wouldn't love the company. It, it's a really tricky one. Like if there was something I was hugely passionate about, like if it was I don't know, like a Tomb Raider or a Monkey Island, exactly, I would be so disappointed, but also like I still love that game series. So... It's it's a really tricky one with like where your sort of morals and passions would fall, I suppose. I think there are enough fans of Final Fantasy, and there's so much hype around it that there's no way that this will impact sales at all. There might be a small number of people who say, yeah. "Well, I'm not going to buy it," but um, I, I, there are so many people that love the series that they will continue to buy the games. If there was a game that had blockchain technology in it, then I think that would be different. But I don't think they would do that for like yeah, Final Fantasy be. 17. It might be, oh, here's a little mobile game that we're not to diminish mobile gaming, but here's a here's a mobile game or something that we can, you know, test some NFTs in. It's not going to be in the next big blockbuster. So I don't think it will really impact sales of the game. I think this is kind of a bit of a test the water thing for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be a situation where, you know, to log into Final Fantasy 16, you need an nft you know like code um, let's say sell your soul but you said it nicer <laughs> than i did <laughs> it's just it, it's this fringe thing that they're doing that, that will probably sell to a couple of thousand misguided people on the internet and they'll take some money and leave but i would i would hope that the negative reaction that they have faced over the last 24 hours will um give them a moment to consider the damage that it does to their brand in the long term if they carry on doing this Anyway, let's talk about um, something more positive because uh, for once there have actually been some good new games out uh, this week and uh, it's been a little while. We've been waiting uh, for some of these for some time. Um, I would I would love to talk a bit about As Dusk Falls, um, but although despite the fact that I downloaded it this week, it's on Game Pass, um, I think it's probably going to be my cup of tea. I uh, have yet to boot it up because I also downloaded Power Wash Simulator and that is taking over my life. Um, that is also on Game Pass and 
it just speaks to me in terms of like satisfying um slightly ocd tidying which uh, <laughs> i find quite soothing um <laughs> if you've not heard of it it's a game that's all about well power washing things from small items such as motorbikes and trucks to bigger projects like entire houses or like play parks and as you go through the campaign there's a very small story to it you can upgrade your equipment and uh get slightly better nozzles so you can stand uh uh and waggle your power wash thing a little bit less and still get the same level of power it's uh it's fun and there's also some like really wacky stuff in there too like if you don't want to play the campaign you can just go off and play these little vignettes for for like how fast can you do this how little water can you use which is environmentally friendly um and one of those is set on mars and you can go and like spray clean the mars rover that's on mars and trundling around at the moment um and there's like a there's like a steam train out in the desert that you can clean as well that looks a bit like that mario kart 64 level kalahari <laughs> desert um yeah it's <laughs> that is kalahari yeah <laughs> It's 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 a very compulsive game, and yeah, it's on Game Pass at the moment. It's it's probably not a game that I would ever have spent money on, but that is one of the reasons I love Game Pass. Um, Ed, you actually have played as Dust Falls. If um, you're watching this and and have read the website recently, you probably know. Um, Ed, you went to see the developer. Yes, Interior Night. Uh, they're based in London, um, and yeah, it's headed up by Caroline Marshall, who used to work for Quantic Dream. Um, she was the designer on Heavy Rain um, and now has set up her own studio, um, which is uh, very diverse, very inclusive. Um, it's a story that is uh, that features a much more diverse range of characters that is trying to be very authentic. Um, so quite different to some of the stuff from Quantic Dream, um, but similar in that it is still a narrative game. One of the things alongside that inclusivity comes well firstly accessibility options there are loads of accessibility options in it so that everyone can play it but that's a major thing they're trying to do as well in terms of multiplayer so the idea of this is it's not just you sat experiencing a story on your own it's you and your friends your family your housemates all getting together on the sofa to enjoy this episodic content like you would a tv show um, but you are leaning in you're getting involved you're participating in it um, and a lot of the control is actually done either from a controller or you can do it on your phone and you download an, a free app that goes with it and you use your phone, uh, the touchscreen to move a cursor on the screen to choose dialogue options, make story choices, things like that. So it's really sort of, you know, dropping the, um, the barriers to entry so that anyone and everyone can, can have a go at playing this game. Um, that is just a really good story. Um, and that's what, that's what the team really want people to enjoy. Um, so I was able to play the first chapter of the preview. I haven't played the rest yet, um, but it was a lot of fun sat on a sofa, um, just, you know, making story options um, and, and it tracks your choices as well. So um, it will, even though, you know, you collectively vote on, on, on the most popular option, um, it will track your individual choices and then gives you sort of a personality trait and a set of values at the end of each chapter. So it can be like, ah, you, you focused on safety or you focused on family. So it's almost like a glorified personality test, but you get a really good story that goes with it. 
I'm very... See, I really want to give it a shot, but I don't... I would want to do it with someone with me, and at the moment I don't have that. Um, so that's the only reason I've not downloaded it yet from Game Pass, because I think it looks like... I love the art style of it. I think it looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I don't have... Not that I don't have friends. That sounds really <laughs> like a big soft story. But I, I don't have anyone with me to play it, and I want to have that interactive element to it. Yeah, you can play it online. And there's also a Twitch mode, so you can play as a streamer and get your chat involved in making choices. Um, but I think the optimal way of playing it is probably with people in a room together, local carp on a sofa. Um, I will say as well that I don't think it would necessarily work very well as a two-player game um, because it's it's taking sort of the highest voted options and that's what takes you through the story. Um, but if you're on two-player, if you choose different options, you're always going to be in deadlock. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily going to work the best. Um, so I would say sort of three people onwards would be good. It's up to eight players you can play with. I'm curious to know, Ed, what was your personality trait that they gave you at the end of your session? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think mine was sort of personal safety or something. So I'm probably quite selfish and just sacrifice my family, but I can't quite... I look can't out for number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I uh, I look forward to playing it, for sure. Um, the other game that's been absolutely blowing up this week all over the internet is uh, Stray. Um, and Liv is wearing some themed headphones to celebrate. No. Uh, just for the occasion. <laughs> Liv, have you played Stray? I can't remember if you, you have or not. No, I haven't. It's I really, I really, really, really want to. I just haven't got around to actually bothering to get the game yet. I probably will do. I've been playing too much Ace Attorney. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, no objections here. Uh, is that the most recent one that came out? <laughs> no, I've been playing the original trilogy, but like the remasters that came out. On Switch? On Switch, on Switch. So I, I basically already know the story and like what happens, but I got to kind of pretend I'm Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> pretend I'm Columbo and I'm piecing it all together. Which is why we all play these games. Exactly. I love those. I had a really good time with them. And I mean, that was back on, was it the Game Boy Advance or whatever when they first came out? I love how extra it is like objection. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Victoria, you dipped to Stray last night, is that right? Yes, I was playing Stray last night, and it is as adorable as everyone has been saying it. I, I, I won't give any sort of story element or spoilers away, but um, I will say that it's it's really cleverly done with the way the game guides you, considering for you know you're a cat, um, and uh, you know how it looks and how it sounds is really, really well done. Uh, like I love what they did with the music and how, like it's it's quite um, like is it foley? Is that what we call it? Foley centric. So you know it's very atmospheric. Like there's the rain dripping and everything that you can hear really well. Um, but then you get to certain points and like you'll just start hearing different music suddenly that's obviously like setting up for something. And it's it's so well integrated into the gameplay. It's really really lovely. Um, and it's really cleverly done. And I, I don't know if this is a coincidence. And again, I will try not to give any stories words away. Um, but the way, you know how video games generally guide us without us really knowing we're being guided. Like there'll be like a ledge or a pipe that's a certain color that you're meant to climb or something. So the way that Stray does it is through light from what I've played so far. 
I don't know if it changes up later on. Um, but there's one area that I thought was really cleverly done. And again, this might just be a coincidence in how I played it, but there was no lighting, like there was no neon signs or anything like we've seen in the pictures. You were in a gloomy area, but the way they directed you was just by like light reflecting off an aerosol can. So they still managed to keep that same gameplay element, but in sort of including it in the environment that was organic. So I just think it's been really well constructed. Um, and it was also, you know, I'm a dog person, as you guys all know, because you've seen my dog. My dog pops up in news cast quite often. Um, and you know, I'm not, not that I have anything against cats, but I'm not a cat person, but I actually love being in that cat mode and like being able to explore it as a cat, which is not something I ever thought I would say. <laughs> so it's, um, it's really good. And considering again, like the characters that you do meet, I w again, I won't give anything to you away, but they're not typically characters that I would have any, not empathy with, that's maybe the wrong word, but like, it's not a character I'd normally relate to, but you do get this humanity from them regardless. It's, it's really lovely. And very importantly, right, how did hit. the captain react? Oh yeah. <laughs> he didn't. I was very disappointed. I was all prepped with my camera for some amazing captain energy. And he shuffled around on the floor, ate a shark toy and went to sleep. So that that was my I'm not gonna be going viral on Twitter for my reactions to Stray, all the captain's reactions to Stray. He let me down. <laughs> Check out your game of all of those. Um which you wrote, Victoria, actually. Yeah. I did write, yes. Oh, I'm sad that we can't add the captain to that. I mean you can add a picture of him snoozing at the top if you so wish. Your editor, all, up to you. All articles would be better with that, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, one thing I also liked, uh, again, not a spoiler story-wise, but the way the DualSense, I played on my PlayStation 5, uh, the way the DualSense reacted to things, um, like when as a cat you can scratch like furniture and things, it, it feels really nice. Maybe that sounds a bit weird. It, 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 it reacts well with what you're doing on the screen. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an all-round very good experience from what I've played so far. Nice. Uh, Eurogamers review is up now on the site if you want to check that out. But it's uh, been an extremely successful release, like Annapurna's best launch on Steam by a very wide margin. And... You said Annapurna wrong. It's Annapurna. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I don't think we can top that. Um, thank you very much. Oh, yes, I can top it. I got oh. the trophy for meowing 100 times. I've heard there's a Thank little you. secret with Thank that, so um, I, I look forward to meowing. <laughs> well, I definitely can't <laughs> top that. Um, that's the quote of the week. <laughs> if you watched this far and uh, you're still with us after that, congratulations and uh, have an achievement for yourself and do join us again next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about then? Um, Thank you again, uh, Liv. Where can people find you on Twitter, Liv? Yes, I'm on Twitter. My handle is uh, just cast holy. It is. It's 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 been my Twitter handle ever since I joined. So catch me on there. Awesome, Ed. Where can people? You can see me clowning. <laughs> where can people find you, Ed? Uh, at Ed underscore Knights with an N. Victoria. I am Lil Chop Shop Gal. And uh, I am at Tom Phillips EG. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week.
Bye. Bye. Bye.